welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, we are in week two of the series, Right on the Money. And uh, I'm reminding you, if you weren't here, that we had the bucket uh, last week. And I'm just going to get you caught up to speed. Um, and I, was, I just realized this. I don't have a little bucket. Can I just have an usher get me a little bucket that uh, doesn't have any money in it? I don't want an offering bucket that has. Okay, there's one that's empty. That went down that whole row and nobody gave. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a bad thing. I just... <laughs> We're talking about this little bucket. What we do with the little bucket shows if we realize we really are in the bucket. That what we give and that what we do is is saying, God, I realized that I was bought with a price. I realized that when I said yes to you, I said yes to everything. I, I really got in the bucket. I got in there and I said, you have all of me and I'm on mission with you. And now I want to live for your glory and for your honor. And then God said, because you understand that you really are in the bucket, He said, because you understand that you gave your whole life to me in the area of finances, I want you to do something with the smaller bucket. When you have that opportunity to give, when you give 10% and you're able to do that, that's going to represent, that's going to acknowledge that you realize that I'm your source, that I'm the one that's taking care of you, that your whole life is really in the bucket that you are a steward of everything that I've given you. And so your time, your treasure, your talents are represented that you're all mine by what you do with this smaller bucket. There's just so much that's going on there. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. It's saying this, the substance is everything who you are. Again, your time, your talent, your treasure. God, I'm honoring you with that. So you have all of me. And what I'm going to do is make sure that I put the first fruits in, that I do this, and that I give, and that I'm living in the bucket. Now, there's a word we're going to talk about today, and I want to teach on this. It's the word tithe. It's the word tithe. You're going to find it in the Bible. If you look it up, you'll see the word tithe. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a word that isn't used really outside of church. You know, even if we're just using this, we would say, why don't you do 10%? Because tithe means 10%. It's 10% of whatever is the 100%, so it's 10%. And in the Bible, you'll see that there's this concept of tithing and giving a tithe. It's throughout the Bible. You'll also see lots of giving in the Bible. You'll see giving everywhere. But uh, there's specifically the mention of a tithe, giving 10%. And uh, we'll see this in the first place in Genesis 14, Verses 19 and 20, it says, And he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So he's there, and he's with the priest, and the priest is like, God has given you victory in this battle. And Abram's like, 
I understand that God has given me victory in this battle and I want to right now say, God, because I realize you're taking care of me and I'm all yours, I want to give a tenth right now to say thank you that I realize everything I have comes from you. You'll see that Jacob in Genesis 28, he's like, God, if you will take care of me, if you will do this, I will tithe, I will bless you, I will do that. We'll see... Um, other scriptures like uh, Cain and Abel, uh, they really are the first account of giving, but we don't have a 10% on that. But we do have one giving something that God was happy with, Abel, and one that God was not happy with, Cain. There's something about Abel's like, I give you the first fruits, I give you the best, and Cain's like, well, I give you whatever's left over. So we see this giving, of giving the best, of giving the first, of doing this. Leviticus 27.3, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. There's other verses in the Old Testament. It's talking about this. Deuteronomy 14.23, he's talking about why they're tithing, what they're doing. And he says, I've done this so that you may learn to revere the Lord always. He's saying, remember, like he's taking care of you. Everything you have, you are in the big bucket. He's taking care of everything and you're gonna do this. You're gonna honor him and you're gonna revere the Lord. In Nehemiah, a lot of us know that Nehemiah the prophet had him rebuild the wall. That's what Nehemiah is famous for. Like everybody knows that he went in and he rebuilt the wall, okay? But you don't realize this. Nehemiah also reinstituted the tithe. He's like, guys, the wall has fallen apart. The city's falling apart. Each person is living for themselves. We're going to build the wall and protect the city. And for God's glory, we're going to rebuild this wall. God's better than this. And by the way, we're going to reinstitute the tithe. You haven't been doing that. We are back with God and we are going to be tithing again. And I've noticed this observation as I've looked at giving and tithing throughout the Bible. Hearts that drift away from God stop tithing. Hearts that move towards God tithe. Before there was ever the law, Abraham, his heart is moving towards God and he's tithing. Before there's ever the law, Jacob's like, I, I want to move towards God. I'm moving towards you. I'm giving a tithe. So we see this over and over again. Hearts that are drifting are saying, I'm not gonna tithe. I'm not gonna tithe. I'm gonna keep it all. And hearts that are moving towards God are saying, I wanna give a tithe. I wanna do this. I wanna go for it. So today we believe that the tithe predates the law, it's in the law, and as a New Testament grace giver, we start at 10%. We say, God, I'm in the bucket. My whole life is in the bucket, everything about me is there, it all belongs to you, and I wanna give you 10%, okay? And a lot of people are like, 10%? Like, God wants 10%. What's the highest tax rate right now, by the way, in the United States? About third, I, haven't, I haven't arrived there yet, so I don't know. Uh, somebody's like, I'm not saying. You called out that row about the bucket. All right. I think it's like 37%. All right. By the way, that whole row, they probably give online. So anyways, all right, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm pastoring that row right now. All right. But I just want to show you 10%. God's like, give me 10% and you get to keep 90%. So he says, I want, you, I want you to understand this. So I want you to understand this. And I want the people that are here to help me out to come on out and uh, help me out with this illustration here. So the first goes to the Lord. So you say, God, if you bless me with 10 watermelons, I'm gonna give you the first one and I'm gonna keep nine watermelons. Think about that. He's like, one, nine. And then if, if God blesses you with cabbage, praise God, you're probably German. And um, 
He says, give me the first cabbage and you get to keep the nine. And at apples, he's like, you give me the first bag and you make sure you take that and I'm gonna let you have nine bags of apples. Cantaloupes. Anybody like cantaloupe? All right. He said, hey, if you make sure you give me the first one. You get nine. You get nine. I, I just want one. And, and help me out. What is it? Is it a squash? It says green point. If you have a green point squash, God's like, give me one. And then I know this is a coconut. All right, there you go. God's like, if you have, I just want one, you get nine coconuts. And then this is a papaya. Papaya, thank you. I almost called it a zucchini. All right. He said, give me the first one and then you get the rest. Oh, and pineapple. All right. Little Hawaiian flair. God's like, all right, you get, I just want one. You, you get nine. And, and notice, this table is flowing. You, pair, you got pear, all right? You got one and then mango. Is it mango? I don't think, is that a mango? Thank you. All right. And lemons. All right, God's like, I just want one. You get to keep nine. He's like, all right, oranges. He's like, you know what? You know, and notice this, before this table is overflowing, there are people are helping us pick it up. Bananas. He's like, I just want one clump. You go ahead. Matter of fact, that's not a good enough clump. God wants a better clump. All right, this one looks a little dated. I wouldn't pick that one if I was at the store. I'd pick this one. God gets the first. God gets that one. What do we got? Broccoli. God doesn't want the broccoli. No, I'm just kidding. God wants the broccoli. He wants one and you get to keep nine. Grapes. God's like, okay, I want one package. You get nine packages. And all right, help me out. Help me out. Just bring it around to the front. Bring it around to the front. Help them out. Bring it around to the front. The table cannot even contain the 90%. Okay, now think about this. I, I just want to follow this because stuff is falling all over the place. I mean, this is your table with 90%. It's overflowing. It's overflowing. Even before it's blessed, it is overflowing when you really think about it. You're like, well, that's not what I make. I asked them for a middle-class table. This is a middle-class table, $250 worth of groceries. Come on, this is not like people in the richest 1%. This is a table that over, come on, take a look at that. This is a table overflowing with goodness and it hasn't even been blessed by God. Dave Ramsey says this. He said, you don't even need a miracle to live on 90% in America. He said, you don't need a miracle. What you need to stop doing is coveting and being materialistic, living beyond your means, getting caught up in things. Do you know the average consumer hears four to 20,000 advertisements a day based on product placement, on clothes, on vehicles. You never just see blue car. It's got to say the brand and the model. They're advertised to you. Every car you're seeing, every commercial, people's clothes. I mean, people will even say like, what cologne is that? And then you're telling them what brand it is. Do you understand? You are getting, and so you're, you're not even living within your 90% and your 90% is already overflowing. And God's like, I just want one. I just want one. I just want just a, a 10%. I want this tithe and I want this to be brought to me. And there's a key story that is in the Bible in Malachi. It's in Malachi chapter three. And this is what God says. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and you've not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? How are we mere mortals uh, robbing God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? 
in tithes and offerings. He says, you're under a curse, uh, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, he says, the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. He's like, come back to me. Remember, hearts moving towards God are bringing a tithe. Hearts drifting away are, are, are moving it over to their table. And it's, it's interesting. God, this is the picture. God's like, you know what you're doing? You are robbing me. You are taking my stuff. And when you want something to eat, you come. Think about this. Think about how sad it is if we're over here and we're eating at this table. That's our table. How sad is it? I almost get a picture of people just like sneaking. I don't even think you can eat this without having a little sneak on you. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like... took your apple you know I don't know and he's saying you have been taking my stuff that belongs to me you you're supposed to be living in the bucket all in with me I'm supposed to have you on mission and you're not on mission anymore you are taking you are taking my stuff and putting it into your table and it's wrong and he's saying I want you to come back to me I want you to tithe I want you to get back in the bucket and acknowledge me I'm really realizing that it's so strong. I just, I, I capture this when I see this table. I capture God's heart and he's saying, do you understand? I've blessed you with so much and you're taking mine and now I, I wanna pour out more blessings on you but you're taking my stuff. Bring me back my stuff. This table's falling onto the floor. I think I just heard something else fall while I was preaching. This table is falling onto the floor and he's saying, I want to bless you. If you will return the tithe to me, if you'll live that way, I will start to pour out a blessing on you. And he's saying, I really don't need your banana. I really don't need your watermelon. I don't need that. What I need you to do is get in the bucket, then do that and live on mission. And there's going to be forces that are going to fight against you. Again, greed and materialism and things that will fight against you. And this is going to help remind you that you're living different than your neighbors. You're not trying to keep up with them. You are trying to live different. You are on mission with me. And he's saying, come on, let's, let, let's live differently. Now, a couple of things that I think about this. When we look at that story of Malachi, he's saying, you're not on your own. You're not on your own. Test me. Test me. You're not on your own. Uh, test me. I'll throw open the windows so much that you won't be able to be blessed. I, I will just, I will start to pour it out on you. I, I, I love this about this story. He says, bring it to me. Bring the tithe first. And here's something I want you to grab. God loves first fruit faith. God loves first fruit faith. What we do is we want to pile it all over here and then after we paid all the bills and done all the other stuff, we say eventually, God, whatever's left over, we'll give to you. And how many know if you live that way, the devourer of this world just starts devouring what you have and you never have enough left over to put things on this table. It's, so he says, put it over there. I love first fruit faith. And it's, if you look at where the people in, in the time of Malachi were, they had been in exile. They were out of Israel and they were in exile and they were just returning. And God's like, 
bring back the tithe to me. And their logical mind was like, no, God, what we have to do is first we have to get our economy right, then we have to get utilities. And you think utilities? They actually had plumbing. If you go to Israel and one of our, you'll see the plumbing in the places. That, so they're thinking, we have to get our utilities. We have to get our economy back. We have to do civic improvements. I mean, City Hall looks in shambles. And we've got to get social services and we've got to take care of our farms and get those back. And we've got to have national defense. I mean, we need an army. And so God, after we do all that, then we'll get over to here. And God's like, no. No, you don't understand. You do this first and then I'll help all the rest of that fall into place. That's how it works with me. He's like, first you honor me, then I will take care of you. But you think first I'll take care of me, then I'll honor you. Okay, another thing, it's like God saying, I open and I hold off. He's like, I open the windows of heaven on you and I hold off the devourer. And I challenge you to ask any family that tithes about how did it work? Because you will ask them and they'll say, I, I, I don't know how it works. I, 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 we started tithing and we're living at 90 and with God opening the windows of heaven and rebuking the devourer, I just, I mean, things have it happened and it's lasted differently and this is that. And, and, and you're almost like, you know, you look at your books at the end of the year and you're like, did did we forget to pay taxes or something? Or you're just, you're just wondering. You're like, did this? And then you're like, this is amazing. God takes care of it because he opens the blessings and he holds off the devourer that wants to steal from you. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Where people, I don't even know how to explain this. You, and, and how you view God has everything to do with whether or not you'll do this. See, if you view God as a recipient of this, kind of, okay, follow me on this. You're like, that's a good word. Not in the way we're using it. If you're like, well, God, I worked really hard. Here you go. First. All right. There you go. Now I got to work harder. <laughs> Hope I make my sales quota next month. You know, it's like you're giving it to God like he's the recipient. It's a different attitude. You know what the attitude of tithing is? It's this. God, everything I have comes from you. You're the benefactor. You made all this happen. I gladly give you the tithe because everything I have has come from you. And I want to bless you and, and, and thank you because I'm only giving back to you what you already gave me. The tithe belongs to you. Anyways, and all of it, I'm living in the bucket and everything belongs to you. And so I gladly give back this to you because you are the benefactor. You're the one that made it happen. And you think about the way this, even sometimes when people are in church, are like, great, we'll give. And it's like, like God's the recipient. No, he's the benefactor. He is making everything happen. And when you understand that, you know what you start doing? You say, okay, God, I want to be a kingdom builder. I am so into this. I am so, God, I just, I want to give more. And uh, where's the broccoli? You can have all the broccoli, God. I just, it's yours. It's yours. It's good for the body, you know. That's how you live when you understand that everything is, you just start saying like, is there any way, God, that I could even, even out the pile? Like, could I, could I live that way? People, when they finally grasp this, are like, could I ever be a reverse tither? Like, I, I just, could I ever have such blessing on my life that I just, that's your table and that's my table, you know? And we flip it around. That's how tithing grows in your heart. And that's what happens in our heart. God, 
I want to move more into your kingdom. It's, for your, it's all from you anyways. It's all from you. Okay? Now, Relevant Magazine did a thing. They said, what would happen if everybody tithed? What would happen if everybody tithed in America? Just America. They're like, what would happen? Because they said, it's a sad thing. Tithers make up less than 25% in any church. Most of them are around 10 to 15%. We talked about this last week. Only 5% of the U.S. would even tithe if you took everybody. They said, this is a scary thought for the church going forward. 80% of the tithe comes from people older than 50. Okay, you said, well, yeah, they make more money. No, no, no. I'm talking about even per capita, just even willingness to do it at a lower income. And so this speaks something to our church. We're a very young church. We're a very young church, and we've got to reverse this and say, we are in the bucket. We understand God gets the first bite. He's the benefactor that takes care of us, whether I'm 20 years old, whether I'm a, a millennial or an X or a Y or a buster or a boomer or a builder. God's taking care of me wherever I am, and he's my source. They said, if, if we started to give, and every Christian just in America started to give, There'd be an additional $165 billion for churches to use and distribute. $165 billion. Put this in perspective. $25 billion could relieve global hunger and starvation and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. $12 billion could eliminate illiteracy in five years. $12 billion. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues at places where they don't have water, like for a dollar a day. Think about that. One billion could fully fund all overseas missions work. And when I saw that, I thought, we need more missionaries. But we could fund them all. 100 to 110 billion would still be left over for additional projects for the church to do. When we put that in perspective, what is that? No wonder no wonder the enemy's like, no, 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 that, you don't want to do that. You don't want to tithe. You don't want to give to King Builder. You don't want to do that. You got to keep up with everybody else. Your table needs more, and God doesn't need that. And come on, and, and he's not, you did this. See what's happening? And so we have an underfunded church that's not able to go out and reach the lost, that's not able to do the things that it's called to do. Think about what we could do if we were fully funded, the church, the church here and the church around the world. And, and, and really, I'm praying that we'll move from I have to do this to I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to live in this way and I get to do this. No, I, I get people to say, well, I'm afraid to do this. So what if I just do half of it? Logical thought. What if I just do 5%? I can't find anywhere in the Bible where God's like, give me half your heart. Get halfway in the bucket. Give me half of the first bite. I'm, I'm good with a little. I, I know you don't trust me, but we're going to do this 50-50. 50% on your power and 50% on my power. It's not there. He's like all in. And so I'm not trying as a pastor to say disobey just a little less. I'm saying obey all the way and jump in and do this and say, I want to step out in faith. I want to honor you with the first fruits. I'm going to go from 10% and up from there. And God, I want to do this. I want to excel in giving. And we're going to talk about this next week when we really talk about kingdom builders and doing this and, and, and making this happen. But Apostle Paul says this. He says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace 
of giving. He's like, I want you to just excel in the grace. I want you to just keep throwing stuff onto God's table and realizing that he is the source of everything you have. And we believe at the church that the thing that God is, is left to, on this earth to fuel his vision is the local church. If you look throughout the giving, there's a gathering of giving and then a dispersing of giving. And the mechanism that God has left on this earth right now is the local church. And so God says, bring it to the church, and then the church will have it go out. They will take care of all the needs. Things will happen. You'll have people that will be elders and pastors and deacons and leaders that will help distribute this and take care of those things and make sure things get to the proper place. And so we're bringing this, and we're going to fully fuel the local church. And I'm praying that you would enter into the joy of doing this. I'm praying that you'll enter into the joy of saying, God, you get the first bite. You get the very first of everything. I honor you. I give you the glory and the honor. I I enter into this joy. And I figured out why a lot of churches don't like to talk about this, because this really is a, a family issue. Giving is a family. God doesn't tell the person that doesn't know him to do this. God, tells, God understands that the person that doesn't know him is spending their whole thing on them, but he's saying to the family, he's got a rule, he's like to the family, come on family, if you're on mission with us, let's do this. And I'm speaking to our church family, are we on mission to say, God, you get the first, we are in this together. And I'm praying that we'll enter into the joy of tithing, we'll enter into the joy of giving. Because I can tell you this, it has never been something that I've been upset about doing. I thank God that my parents had me do it when I was young and they had me start then. You know, like, come on, start doing that. And I did it with my allowance and I've done it my entire life. But wherever you're at, I pray that you'll say, God, my table is overflowing already and I wanna be a blessing. I wanna do this. I wanna step into that. And then I challenge you, maybe in your life group or to talk to a friend, ask him this a couple of questions. Tell me about your journey of tithing. Because you know what you're going to find? You're going to find similar journeys. There's something scary about moving things from this table to this table. And the enemy is trying to keep this gap full of fear. And he's like, you'll never make it. You're not going to survive. It's not going to work. It'll never. And he, and he yells at you. But when you talk to people that have tithed, you're going to see a similar journey that faith overcame fear and they were obedient to God. I, asked, I want you to ask them, tell me about the joy of giving. Because I've never seen generous people that are mad. You know, like, I'm so mad that I was given to the Lord. Kingdom builders, 6.6 million just makes me mad. Never seen that. They're usually full of joy. I, I think about that, the miracle offering, people with tears rolling down their face. Thank you, thank you. It blew me away the first time people did that. We, we had people coming up bringing their offering, a miracle offering on the Sunday in November where we do our big miracle offering for kingdom builders. And I just wanted to say thank you. And I was going to try to bless them and say thank you. And people were like, no, thank you. Thank you for letting us put more into God's kingdom and helping more people. And I was overwhelmed because the joy that was there in being able to give and to be able to do this. So ask them about their journey. Ask them about the joy. And then ask them this one. What jumps has God asked you to make? Because we start with 10% and all of a sudden God's like, take a jump. And you're like, how much, Lord? Write that check. Do that. Donate that car. Make that happen. Do this. Do that. And all of a sudden you'll see the jumps that they've been able to make. And then there's just an anticipation like, where's the next jump? 
Where's the next thing, Lord? There's a joy in doing that. I pray that we'll step out in faith. I pray that we'll say, God, we trust you. We trust you right now. We want to enter into this joy of filling your table, filling your table. Our table is so blessed already. We want to fill your table. We trust you to overflow our table. And as we're blessed, we pray that we'd be generous on every occasion to keep doing more to fill your table. So God, I just pray right now for this. I pray specifically against fear. I know for so many people, it's a fear thing. And I can't even imagine what the children of Israel were thinking. They're like, we were just, we've been in exile. Now we're coming back. We got all these things to take care of. And now you're asking us to do that. But God, you said, I'll be your source. We could trust you. You have way more resources than we do. And so, God, I pray against fear that we would step out in faith, believe you, God, saying, we trust you, God. You're going to take care of us. You're going to meet our needs. And you're, we're in the bucket anyways, so we're yours. Whether we're rich or poor, we're in the bucket for your glory and for your honor. So I pray that we'd have faith. We just, we just think we'll get it right first and then we'll give. And God's like, give, and I will turn it right side up. So, God, I pray that we'd grab hold of that truth. I pray now that we'd just be generous and we'd be giving and joyful and we'd just look to see how much more we could give. But God, we thank you that we can honor you with the 10th saying we are living our lives in the bucket. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Help us to step into that joy. Fully fuel your church and move it forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.